Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us and starting your weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys, our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be sort of weird if Brupolo was in uh, Shabuda. Shabuda. Is that did I pronounce that correctly? That's correct. All right then. Shabruda. Shabruda works. Works really well. Actually. But what was the one you said yesterday? Ooh. Um. I'm trying to remember. Was it Bahelia? It was Bahelia. Yeah. I thought that was actually Bruhelia. That, that could have been marketed. Bruhelia yeah. works. That's up in that Desoto area too. It it's, is it's up expanding. there. Expanding. So yeah, we'll, we'll throw those in the uh, on the list. Anyway, wherever you are, you can always get a great cup of coffee to start your morning. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine is on your counter, they've got you taken care of at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com, that's the place to get maroon and white merchandise that you can't get just anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi the way they do at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, you know, as, as we're recording, it's Cinco de Mayo. So I'm going to make an assumption. It's just an assumption. But it's going to be busy at Humble Taco tonight. Oh, yes. They're going to be packed. The so, margs will be a-flowing. The margaritas are going to flow like wine. Flow like margaritas. Either way. Okay. Either way. So and they got the frozen margaritas there. They have the regular margaritas, yeah. handcrafted, all great stuff. But it does great food. But you know, here's the thing: it's kind of always Cinco de Mayo at Humble Taco. It is. There's always margaritas. There's always great tacos, and they're always a great time. So when next time you're in Starkville, or if you live here, man, and you're looking for something different and something that's delicious, head over to Humble Taco. Looking for an easy lunch today? Something that's good, good, and doesn't take very long. Firehouse Subs makes it super easy. Download their app, place your order. It's ready within minutes. And the best part of all, you pile up the reward points. And don't forget to follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter. They are always running promotions and things where you can get double points and, and free this, that, and the other. It's, a, it's worth a follow on Twitter uh, if, you, if you're a Firehouse Sub fan like I am. Locations in Starkville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Let's talk some baseball. Hey. Yay. The best thing coming from baseball right now is the videos that are being tweeted out the last two days. First, with Luke Hancock swinging a lightsaber to hit a home run. Yeah. And secondly, R.J. Yeager as Doctor Strange running through the, 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 the ring into another universe That's after he hits a home run. I mean, I want more. I need more. <laughs> I like that, yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. 
See, I like that Mississippi State, they're doing this and they're doing a good job of like making it work as opposed to yesterday on May the 4th, which is, you know, is a Star Wars day, mm-hmm. and Texas did a picture of their, one of their players as a stormtrooper. Like, you mean what? the guys who never hit? Guys who the guys who miss. always always get killed easily. Yeah, that's what Texas is evidently. So, you you need somebody who's culturally hip a little bit. You know, you can't just go get some sixty year old guy off of you know out of the nursing home to uh, to be your social media manager. You that's right. Have, you gotta have somebody who understands current trends. So, whoever's doing that for Mississippi State, kudos to you. You're doing a good job. Uh, I'm struck, Robbie, as I look at the stats here for these two teams, Mississippi State and Florida how similar they are. Um, record-wise, Florida a little bit better at 26-18, and 18, but conference record states a game ahead of them at 9-12 and 12 to 8-13. and 13. Both of these teams are preseason top 10 teams, and they, they've disappointed. Both of them have an ace that has been sidelined with Tommy John. Hunter Barco announced that earlier this week. He'd, he'd actually got to make nine starts. Batting average-wise, states a little bit ahead at 280 versus 275. They both have the same number of home runs at, at 83. ERA, Florida a touch ahead, or I say a touch, a half run better, 4.48 to 5.32. Almost a full run better, I'm sorry, uh, than Mississippi State. Lane Forsythe not helping the Bulldogs at 23.14 ERA, but kind of is what it is there. Yeah, it didn't really count. So, uh, But like I mentioned earlier, Barco out for the season. You know, he was 5-2 and two with a 2.5 ERA um, for them. The only other, you know, they, they've had other guys make starts. Obviously, the, the the main one there is Brandon Sprout, five and four on the year, four point three nine ERA, uh, and then Timmy Manning, Nick Pogue have five starts apiece. Brandon Neely has four starts, but they're you know they're they're reshaping that rotation. Teams hitting two forty two against uh, Florida. Teams hitting two fifty. These are very similar teams, and they're both sort of at the same place. Currently, Florida's in the the most recent D one projections. They're a three seed. Um, State is obviously out, but a series win here. Maybe flip flops these teams a little bit. State's biggest issue is its RPI. Yeah, I mean it's it's it. It's going to be really difficult. It's going to be incredibly difficult unless they get to 15 wins. At 15 wins, you can sort of they're going to put they're going to put them in there no matter what. Right, but at 14, it's and they're going to look at it. And at 13, I don't think they're in because their RPI is even with some wins isn't going to climb much higher than 60 or so. Yeah. You know, how important is this series? These 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 questions don't really apply any longer. Um, State losing the series last weekend put themselves, you know, never mind behind the eight ball. They're underneath the eight ball. Mm. But that said, if they could get a series win here or somehow find a way to sweep, you know, it, it's sort of the same thing. You made the comment the other day. It's sort of like the basketball team, right? We just keep we keep hanging on, and they find a way to do something. And you're like, all right, well, if they can do this. That's sort of where we are now with this team. Well, mathematically, you keep yourself alive if you win this weekend. If you win two games this weekend, you had 11 SEC wins, mm-hmm. and you you have to probably win the series against either Texas A&M or Tennessee and then don't get swept against the other one. That's basically what it boils down to. You do that, and everything that we've said is, you know, about this the season's done or whatever, that's out the window. You you still got a good shot. But that's basically where they are now. There's, there's not really a, a, uh, any room for error at this point. State has to win this series. Mm-hmm. There's no choice. You know, you, you win one game this weekend, you have to win back-to-back series against Texas A&M and Tennessee, two of the mm-hmm. hotter teams in the SEC. That's not a position you want to be in. Right. 
you somehow sweep the series, which you can't at all predict because Mississippi State hasn't done it this year. You somehow sweep the series. Then you just have to find a way to take two ball games in the next two series. Um, just don't get swept in either one of those. And, right. you're, and you're probably you're, you're in position. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that you're in, but you're in position uh, to get in. Right. What is that? What happens to this team if they lose this series? Like, and well, I, I'm not talking just, about not make the tournament or anything. I'm talking about just mentally. Uh, it's, it's hard to imagine them coming out and not 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 giving effort, but just being fully invested. Because well, I mean, there's something to be said about feeling like your season's over. I mean, it's it's just hard to imagine a lot of a lot of guys being excited. Uh, to go out there and 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 try to win some ball games because there's not a whole lot to play for, but they they have I feel like you you have to win this series by any means just find a way to take two games and at this point it's it's literally game by game any win that you get is is a productive one when you're trying to get in the postseason but it's just it's hard to imagine with the next three weeks that this team can can get in. Do you wonder? I wonder what goes on in that locker room, especially with guys like Tanner Hancock and James, who've only known success yeah. at Mississippi State. When you've never had to face this kind of adversity, do you do you worry about their ability to lead through it? A little bit because they haven't had, like you said, they haven't had the day kind of adversity. That's what this is what happens, and this was this is what I was worried about. Whenever you have three straight College World Series appearances, fans grow accustomed to going the College World Series. Because you've done it three years in a row, and there's a lot of people that haven't been fully invested in baseball. They're now fully invested in baseball, and they can't understand why this is happening. And it's your expectations now are Omaha, and in reality, that's one of the most difficult things to do is to maintain that success all year, or get hot at the right time and get to Omaha. That's why I know it's. You know, for the number perspective, it's it's basically the elite eight, but I actually consider it kind of the final four of college baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's eight teams, right, but it's like you've it's you know when you get there, anything can happen. Right. You know. Right. Um, and it's very difficult to do. So, the three straight trips to Omaha is not by any means something that's very common. I mean, Ole Miss has been once in Mike Bianco's entire tenure and they've had some really good teams. You can have some great baseball teams not make it past the Super Regionals. So that's what I was kind of worried about when this does happen and it's kind of like, you know, the, the team won the national championship last year. We talked about how do they handle the success? Do they do they build on it or do they, you know, is this something that you know, they're not going to be able to sustain at the year after? And I think we've seen the opposite of that. I think we've seen, you know, the pressure has been pretty high, and I don't think this team has been able to to really rebound from the highs of that national championship. And I think that does have something a little bit to do with why they've kind of turned out the way they have. And also you become, you know, the target for everybody in the country. That's true, too. Can that carry over into next season, or is there going to be – is the wake-up call going to work of like, look, guys, you can't just – you know, say that you're the national champion, show up and win games. Do you think next season, mentally, that this team is going to be able to turn around? I think they will, just because that's what Mississippi State baseball has been. It just seems like every time they have 
something bad happened to them, they turn it around, no matter the coach, no matter the players. But they, they've got to get players in here. They've got to get some an influx of talent back in here. And, um, and not, that's not to say that they don't have talented players, but they're losing a lot, and they're going to have to have guys that are going to be able to kind of maintain that. So I think they've gotten punched in the face this year, and I think it's been tough for them to get off the mat, but I think that they will because that's we've seen it throughout the course of time with Mississippi State baseball. There might be some down years, but they always find their way back to the top. From a pitching perspective this weekend, you know Preston Johnson these last two weekends, he's gotten shelled. No question about that. I mean, he was able to come back against Ole Miss and hold the line there, but was not against Missouri. Just absolutely got got dominated and had to come out of the game. What do you expect to see from him this weekend now that he's back at home? I think he's going to have a good game. I really do. I mean, he didn't have a great game against Ole Miss, but he battled out of that. This this was the, really the first time this year that he never could really recover. You know, Georgia, he wasn't great against Georgia, but he really when, – when he got – we gave up a couple of big hits in that game. He came back around and was able to maintain things for Mississippi State. That's really the the Missouri game was really the first time where he could not get a handle of that game. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with the ballparks that he was playing in. He's a guy that for the most part throws strikes. He might walk a couple of batters, hit a guy here and there, but he always kinda gets back in there and, and gets back into that right uh, mindset, and I don't think his mindset was was wrong by any means against Missouri. They were just squaring him up. I think that he'll be able to rebound this week and give Mississippi State a really good start. I think, for the most part, State's had some good starts from this particular rotation. They haven't, you know, Preston Johnson's really the first time that they just that got them beat. But this has been a group that's been pretty steady since Brandon Smith entered the rotation. And Smith's been their best starter since he's come in, uh, Brandon Smith. Um, so I, I'm expecting a good start by all three of those guys this weekend. Well, let's, let's talk about playmakers then. Who do you like at the plate and on the mound this weekend? At the plate, I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with um, Luke Hancock. Okay. Time's running out. You know, he's still got a chance to come back next year if he if he wants to. I don't know. But, you know, this could be his second to last series. You're needing uh, at home, you're needing some of these older veteran guys to really light it up for you down the stretch here to give you a chance because these chances are now waning for Mississippi State. And I think Luke Hancock is a guy that can do that and give you some good steady at-bats Maybe uh, a big home run, a big double to right field, something to to help them get over the hump against Florida and, and get a series win. And then on, on the mound? On the mound, hmm, I think I'm going to go with – let's go with Brandon Smith. Okay. He's had some really good starts – since he came into the rotation, and really before he came in the rotation, that LSU series. You need to get this first one. This first game is so important, and Brandon has done a, a really good job not putting anybody on base. He's keeping the ball low. He's not getting hit hard. I think he's been a, a really a catalyst for this team down the stretch the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, hadn't always been you know su- successful for Mississippi State, but his game has been – 
one of the more competitive games that Mississippi State's played each weekend. And I think he's going to give you a chance on Friday night to get that first win, which is really important. I agree. I agree with you on that. And then for me, I think at the plate, I'm just going to go to that default here. Brad Cumbus has been the guy all year. Um, he just continues to, to, to hit well almost every weekend, week out. Why not think he's going to do it again? So I'll take Cumbus uh, behind the plate, or not behind the plate, at the plate. And then on the mound, you know, it's the same thing every week, right? It's it's about the bullpen. It's about, you know, can State hold leads? I'm going to go with Pico Khan. You know, I feel like... I feel like you know, State didn't pitch him last weekend, did they? I don't think he got into the game. Yeah, he pitched. Uh, he pitched on Sunday. He pitched an inning. He, he pitched like. I think. I think it was one. Of it the, was one inning. I felt like they got away from him too fast, or something. Yeah, they brought Casey Hunt in. Yeah, I just. I, I think he, he's a guy that can eat up a couple of innings for you. Maybe come in more than once in the weekend. So, for for me, State's bullpen has just been the, the issue all season long. Uh, if they're going to win games, they need to get their be- – you know, the Ole Miss series is probably their best bullpen weekend. Um, and they need to have another weekend like that, and, and Pico Con could be a, a big part of that. What's your prediction? I'm going to take State in two games. Okay. Um, I, I think that they do win this series. As as bad as last weekend was, State won the previous two series, and they were on a good little run there. And the offense, I thought – put up a lot of runs in that series. The Sunday game was really the one game that was concerning for them. They still put up six runs, but um, you know, for the most part, the offense has been going a little bit. The pitching, the starting rotation has been pretty good. Bullpen's gotten better. Florida's been kind of shaky. They're, they're kind of hit or miss. They don't have their best pitcher anymore. So I'm going to go with State, two out of three. I will go elsewhere. I'm, gonna no, I'm with, sure you would. I'm going to go Florida two out of three on this one. I just, I just don't have any faith anymore. Uh, I've been broken of it. So I, I just don't see the, the dogs getting this together at this point. Um, Florida is a team. They're just like State. They're desperate for wins. You know, They're currently in. So they know if they can win, they stay in. Um, and, it, and crazily enough, playing Mississippi State this weekend is going to hurt Florida's RPI a little bit. Yeah. Uh, their high RPI is the reason they're in right now. I think they're 19th or 18th. Uh, in RPI, so they know they can't afford to lose. I, I, I'm going to take the Gators to get a couple this uh, this weekend. Let's move over to football, and we'll do that after this uh, message from our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're cooking out and you're enjoying the great weather, well, do it with beef on the grill. Steaks and burgers, always a pleasure, but so many great cuts of beef out there. Make, make some beef kebabs. Picanha, tri-tip, or hey, go big, go with the big, 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 big uh, beef. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> my, my, my mama said, do you make a beef brisket." Um, anyway, if you're looking for recipes, or if you're just looking for more information about our beef providers here in the Magnolia State, over fifteen thousand of them, uh, doing a half billion dollars a year worth of business. That's the place to go is msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. You and I are going to Two Brothers for lunch today. Yes. That's outstanding news. There's Can't a, wait. I love waking up in the morning and hearing the birds sing and the sunshine and knowing I'm going to go eat Two Brothers that day. That's a good day. Good day at the uh, at the office. Any day if you live in Starville can be a good day, though. Head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats and enjoy some fantastic food, some smoked southern soul food. Right there in the heart of the Cotton District. Great food, great people. 
And it's always a great time. Of course, on the weekends, especially the, you know these baseball weekends, man, there's always a party going on. Usually some live music. Check it out. Head over to Two Brothers and enjoy yourself in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is a promise that almost every business likes to make to their customers. But who delivers on it? Who really gives you great service? Well, I know for a fact that Advantage Business Systems does because they're from Mississippi. And if you're a Mississippi business, that's who you want to do business with, your neighbors, people who are already in this state. If you've ever had a piece of equipment go down on you, a copy or a printer, your computer systems, you know what a pain it is to get somebody out there to fix that. Advantage Business Systems takes care of that for you because they are here in Mississippi. They can answer most service calls within 24 to 48 hours. Your business can't afford to wait around. That's why you need Advantage Business Systems working for you. Their number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's talk some football. I know we're going to have to start you know, talking football because we're running out of baseball to talk about, to be totally honest with you. Robbie, the number is 5,671. That is the number of Joe Burrow's single-season NCAA passing record. Now, here he did it in 15 games. Played an SEC championship game and then two playoff games. Mm-hmm. Will Rogers is going to have 13 games at the absolute most this year. But my question to you is this. Could he break it? No. You say no. Which last last year I said he wasn't going to get over what thirty five hundred. Yeah, you were about, so was, you were about thirteen hundred yards. I off. was really wrong on that. So if you're off by that this much this year, he'll throw for six thousand yards. Yeah, I just don't. You know, I think he'll throw over five thousand again. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he can get to that number. So the number in to reach games. is four hundred and thirty eight yards per game. At four thirty eight, he breaks the record. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a, that that it is a lot. But I mean, that's another giant step from what he had this year. It's another 1,000 yards. Yeah. So, last year, let's look at the game logs here. How many games did he throw for over 438? Uh, like twice? Boy, I'm surprised. Not once. Yeah. Not once. He yep. threw for over 400, one, two, three, four times. 419 against Memphis. 408 against AAM, 417 against Arkansas, 415 against Auburn. Uh, and then he had 391 against Tennessee State, which he only played half. Uh, and he threw four, I think he had another, he had 371 against LSU, so he's 384 against Vanderbilt. That's a game he was pulled out of. So two of the games he was pulled out of, he could have. Uh, Gotten to that 480 mark pretty easily. Yeah, you know if if they had kept him in, uh, his low game on the season was the bowl game 290, 294 against uh, North Carolina State. So obviously, when we say 438, we're not talking about 438 every game. You know, there's going to be some games where he throws for 350, 375, and then there's going to be some games where he's you know throws for 480 plus. That's that. I think that's the biggest key for Rodgers in this season is that he has to have games where he has really, really monster big games. And and honestly, you know, I think he's going to get off to a good start because Memphis is a game where he, he threw for a ton of yards last year. He threw for the most yards he threw against anybody. And State's going to be looking to prove a point there. 
Yeah. Like, he's not coming out of that game if State's up three, four touchdowns late in the game. They're going to look to pile it on them a little bit, I think. I think he could start the season off with a 450-yard game. Yeah, he could. I just That's going to be a daunting task for him to do that. I mean, you're talking about that's never been done yards per game in SEC history, I don't guess. Uh, no, it would have to be somebody no. – it would have to have been done in like 10 games, somebody – Nobody, nobody, nobody's even close to that number. Yeah. yeah. So, which I mean, the air raid hasn't really been around the SEC much in this form. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why we saw one of the better regular seasons in SEC history from a passing yard perspective from Will last year. It's just going to be very difficult. He he's going to have to have some monster ball games. He's going to have to have 500 yards like three times, three or four times during the year, and he's going to have to consistently be hovering around 400 yards to do that um so and you know how, how long is he going to stay in in some of these non-conference games you just don't know i i've i would feel i, I don't i don't want to to put that on him right at this point the other key is this he completed 74 percent of his pet passes last year yeah let's say he completed like 68 percent mm-hmm. we could say man if he could take that up to 72 he might have a chance 74 is pretty damn high, especially when you consider the last two games he was at 65 and 60. Yeah. You know, so he was at 74 and a half almost. So he lost a per- almost a percentage point, I think. You know, it's not that he can complete more passes. He's going to have to complete longer passes. Now, we've talked about that before, and I, I think that there is – I don't think Will Rogers is ever going to be the guy flinging it 60 yards down the field. Yeah. But I do think that he has the opportunity to be a little more vertical this year, mm-hmm. but also to find guys and, and opportunities for yards after the catch. Yeah, especially a guy like Tulu Griffin. We've heard a lot of good things about Jameer Calvin uh, coming out of uh, training out of uh, spring camp. Uh, your boy Rufus Harvey is is a guy who I think could be a yards after catch kind of guy. Even at his size, Ra Ra Thomas is a yards after catch guy more so than Polk was. You know, Polk was a guy who averaged 10.8 yards per catch, I think. Ra-Ra Thomas could be a guy who could catch 108 passes, but averaged 12 or 13 yards per catch. That's a huge difference. I mean, that's, that right there is a big chunk of yardage. Jaden Wally is probably going to be their best yak guy. Yeah, he's got he's got it. He's going to have a lot of crossing this patterns. This is a huge year for Jaden Wally. Because that's a guy, after his freshman year, I was like, that's an NFL guy. His last year, he, last year he was good. But His numbers were actually better. They were better, but but he didn't take a step forward. I felt. Yeah. Now part of that was because Makai Polk came in and caught 108 passes. Mm-hmm. Nobody predicted that at any point prior to it happening. Um, but Wally is a guy this year who he could be a guy who goes pro this year if he has a big enough season. But he's got to do that. Yeah. But if he does, that's another key for Mississippi State because we know he's got the ability. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get to fifty-seven hundred yards. That's a massive number, That's a big number, especially again thirteen games to fifteen games. I mean, but I think he could get five thousand again, or he, get close to five. Well, he yeah. didn't have five thousand yeah, last 47, year. Forty-seven thirty-nine. Okay, so so we're talking two hundred and sixty-one more yards. I, I think he'd get to five thousand. Five thousand is very doable. He would be the only the uh, obviously the only second only the second, second guy SEC guy to do that. I think he'd be the second guy ever to do it. I'm not entirely sure. And if he that. comes back another year, he's probably going to set the SEC record for, I don't even know what the yards are for for career. Well, I mean, he's on pace uh, to, so, okay, 
here, here's there. There have been a bunch of five thousand yard passers. There have been seventeen of them. How many of them played in NCAA for, history? Yeah. How many of them played for Leach? One, two. Not just two. No, just two. Anthony Gordon threw for fifty-five, seventy-nine in twenty nineteen, and then I, I just saw it. So yeah, they really slung it around. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, 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 I'm sorry. There's 18, 18 of them and three of them. Kingsbury threw for five thousand seventeen in two thousand two, and Graham Harrell threw for five fifty-one eleven in two thousand eight. Uh, last year, Bailey Z- Zappi set a new record: fifty-nine sixty-seven in thirteen games. That's insane. Um, <coughs> Case Keenum has one, two, three of them. I, I believe Case Keenum is the all-time leading passer in NCAA history. Um, Rodgers, if he starts the next two years, by the way, Rodgers last year, his single season, 47-39, was good for 28th all-time. Second in the SEC last year behind Bryce Young, who again, 15 games. Mm-hmm. So Bryce Young threw for 100 and basically 140 more yards than Will Rogers, but had two more games to do it in. Um, Rodgers, yeah, will be on pace to be the all-time leading passer in college football history uh, at, the, at the rate he's going. He, he could end up throwing for close to 20,000 yards. Yeah. Which, would, I mean, that's just – there are, there are a lot of NFL guys who played. Well, Dak threw for, what, like eight-something? That's a good question. I mean, he's about to pass Dak this year. Oh, yeah. With the possibility of playing three more years, right? He could play the this year, next and then, year, and then he has a COVID year still. I, I, w- I want him to stay that long just to see how many yards he so, can throw. Dak Prescott's career passing record is 9,376. Rodgers is sitting at 67.15. So Rodgers will break that probably around week eight or nine. Yeah. That's crazy. That's an insane thing to think about. And he's only and that, that would be starting basically yeah. two years at that point – with those games, those games combined. If with I'm this. correct, he has started 19 games. Yeah, he's he's already second all time. Yeah, you know he's ahead of he's about 400 yards ahead of Madkin and about 500 yards ahead of Fitzgerald. And he broke pretty much every single season passing record last year. Oh yeah, yeah. He he is the single season record holder for yards uh, and touchdowns. And percentage percentage in a season. It's He's the not, career holder for percentage right now. And nobody's going to touch that anytime no. soon until the next air raid quarterback comes along. Yeah. And, they, and even then they're going to have to be hyper accurate. 74, 74% is a – I mean, I don't care if it is – if you want to – even if you're the most jaded leech hater and you're, you know, dink and dunk and, and whatever, 74% is still an incredible percentage. And Will might hold – if he plays five years – he might hold those passing records forever because you're not going to have yeah. a lot of players coming in like he did as a true freshman and playing Well, basically, right away. even if you had somebody started four years as a true freshman, Rodgers still has six games on them yeah. because he had the, the COVID year. Yeah. So, yeah. That's and then, you know, are. Mike Leach is probably not going to be around. I, I would be shocked if he was around for another decade. Yeah. At Mississippi State, and you know, it's just at that point you're probably not going to get another air raid quarterback or air raid, air raid coach, right? Unless you've really taken off and you just decide you want to stick with that. But yeah, Rogers is already the all-time school leader in completions. Jeez, he's ten ahead of Dak. <laughs> That's insane. And Dak, Dak, this is this is kind of funny. Dak was two hundred and twenty-three completions ahead of number three Fitzgerald. 
Dak was at seven thirty. He was a running quarterback. Well, yeah, but but he but he started for four years. Yeah. So or three years. Dak was at seven thirty four, Fitzgerald was at five eleven. Rodgers is already ten ahead with two at least two full seasons left to play. He's gonna he might triple Dak's record. Oh gosh. It's just hard to fathom that at Mississippi State. I mean, this has been such a a program built around the run game. Rodgers has six of the top seven game single games for completions, including a fifty completion game against uh, Memphis. Yep. And for the single season, he had five hundred. His single season last year would have been good for fourth all time in a career. Yeah. He had five hundred five completions last year. Fitzgerald has five hundred eleven for his career. Wow, ah, we do that. We've done these every now and then. I I enjoy doing these like make your head explode stat looks at, at the air raid and how just how different it is. But you know, you remember when the, whenever Leach was hired and you know they were tweeting out those graphics, yeah. of what he was what he had done in the air raid. Like we still couldn't really fathom. You have to see it. Yeah, we couldn't fathom that. And a lot of times you don't realize it's happening because it's you know. It'll be a little swing pass or a crossing pattern or something like that. You don't realize it's happening, and then you look up and like, oh dang, he's throwing for three hundred yards in the first half. And Here's really... another one. Three of State's players last year are in the top six of single season receiving. Yeah, for receptions. One of the ones that was crazy, his last year at Washington State, you know, was when mm-hmm. when State was. Their, their top receiver had like 30 catches or whatever. It was Osiris Mitchell. He had 40 catches. He would have been ninth at yeah. Washington State. That That's what really stood out to me. So, Makai Polk had 105. We all know that. He broke Fred Ross's record of 88. But Marks is third all-time with 83. And then Dylan Johnson had 65. That's good for sixth. Yeah. I don't think we realized, by the backs. way. So, so, Fred Ross has 199 catches career. That's That's the career record. Marks is going to crush that. Marks is going to get Mississippi State's all-time leading receiver is going to be a running back, and it's going to happen this year. Marks is Marks is already at 143 catches. That's nuts. He'll be at, at, at basically 200 plus catches by the end of the season, and then he has another year at least, right? So we're talking about a guy who may catch like 300 passes as a running back. Yeah. Austin Williams is sitting at 116. So by the end of this season, he'll be. He'll probably be third all time because David Smith is at 162, and then you have Fred Ross at 199. I mean, all Austin Williams has to do is catch 50 passes. Could they not get? I, I always, easily do that. I always thought, could they not have gotten Fred Ross one more? Well, I mean, how many drops did the guy have? I'm sure he, he dropped. I'm sure it's not not a question of could they have gotten him. Could he have caught another ball? I know like he dropped the, at least uh, one pass. In in the uh, if he had caught that pass against Texas A&M when he was wide open in 2014. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it the was what was twenty sixteen his last year? Yes. So like in the uh, in the Saint Peter's Bowl, yeah. Saint Petersburg Bowl, because could Nick Fitzgerald not give him a swing? You pass? know, in that Egg Bowl, he only had one catch, one catch for like a thirty five yard touchdown. Remember that was on fourth and three. Well, they just ran the crap out of. Well, the they just ball. ran the crap out of the ball. But other guys had catches in that game. Yeah, Fitzgerald had the strangest stat line. He was eight of nineteen, but for three touchdowns. Yeah, Completed and rushed for like two hundred, two hundred and fifty some large yards right there. So. I hadn't really looked at these receiving things, but that's pretty insane when you when you consider that State's lead all time leading receiver after this season will be a running back. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm telling you, the, the air raid 
if you're a stat head, it's something. It really is something to look at and and sort of marvel at. I just wish they would tweak it just slightly. Well, yeah, but that's a that's a show for that's a topic for another show. No, no. So, all right, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself if you're headed to Starkville. Travel safely, and we hope to see you at Duty Noble. Uh, and then Robbie and I'll be back with you on Sunday evening to recap the weekend that was in Mississippi State sports. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Time to play the game! (laughs) It's all about the game! And how you play it, all about control And if you can take it, all about your death And if you can play it, it's all about pain And who's gonna make it? A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.